Welcome to A Man's Take, a podcast dedicated to exploring infertility through the eyes of a man. Brought to you by Springs in the Desert. Okay, hello everybody. My name is James Kleinick. I'm here today with my buddy Ian, and we're going to be talking about hobbies with Springs in the Desert, A Man's Take podcast. Uh, Happy to have you guys with us today, and Ian, always a pleasure. You as well, brother. I just popped up in my... uh... My strong, bubbly hair, grapefruit flavor. So, now, is this bubbly or bouble? What's that? Bu- is it bouble or is that bubbly? Is that actually the bubbly? I think it's just bubbly, B-U-B-L-Y. I think it's That's probably better. The Coke comp- Coca-Cola company, or, or no, Pepsi company. Ooh, I better get that right. Ooh. Oh, careful. Careful. Pepsi, I know. Good <laughs> and I'm enjoying a delicious Shiner Bach beer from my native Texas. Uh, so so here's, here's to you, Ian. Cheers to you, brother. Well, this is great. I'm really excited about being able to have this conversation with you. Uh, last time that we were talking on the podcast, uh, we started meandering into, into what is it, farming and planting and growing things. And uh, we, had, we had this really interesting thought like, hey, you know, it seems like one of the things that is really helpful for guys as we're, you know, just even processing life in general, that hobbies are kind of a, you know, I think a pretty useful tool. Uh, I mean, it's not even a tool. It's the wrong word because it's kind of about leisure, right? And, and leisure really isn't about tools. Uh, yeah. But I mean, it's great. It's great to be able to talk about like, what are hobbies? Like, what are, why, why are they good? Um, and what does yeah. that do for us, especially maybe in the context of dealing with some, uh, some big life issues, like, uh, you know, walking through a season of infertility. Uh, mm-hmm. But yeah, I don't know. What do you, what do you think, Ian? What do you, where, where was your mind going with this stuff? Yeah, with uh, with hobbies, man. I mean, I always think about like I don't know. It kind of reminds me of like this old saying, like uh, you know, idle hands or the devil's hands. And I'm like, Ugh, that's yeah. kind of scary. But I kind of but think like you know, we have more time on our hands than like you know, typical you know men that you know they have you know, have kids. You know, so it's like I always try to think of things like that uh, keep us entertained because we're just. I don't. Know, I think we're all spectrums of boys. Like the I don't know. It seems like the older <laughs> I get, the more I think like. You know, like my dad, you know, could have done this better or he spent a lot of time doing this and he could have done that. Like, but I just realized, like, my dad is just an older boy because, you know, he, you know, us guys were, I don't know, I think we're still just boys at heart. We always just find like hobbies that um, they're simple and they're just something that um, that younger men or young, like even just like toddlers, like toddler boys can get involved with. It seems like they're just always like a, a quick, easy on-ramp, you know, with stuff like that. So I don't know. I think, I think of like, um, my dad always liked, he was a gardener. So, mm-hmm. you know, that, and he always had cows. We always had at least one or two cows growing up. And it was just something I could always tag along with dad with. And so it's like, we're just on a spectrum, you know, it's kind of how I look at it. You know, it's interesting that you say um, how we, uh, how like guys in general, boys, they're always looking for like hobbies. Uh, because it does seem to like get back to something that I think is psychologically true about men also. And, and, you know, this isn't true about everybody, right? I think whenever we start talking about differences between men and women, you know, there's, it's, it is, it is, I think overlapping in a lot of ways. Uh, whereas, you know, at least towards the different, uh, towards the masculine or the feminine, there are certain ends of wherever those, those two, uh, circles kind of overlap that tend to be more in one sphere or the other. Um, but, you know, we always hear that guys are more interested in things than people, for example. And it seems like when we start thinking about hobbies, you know, that kind of hits at 
Okay, well, we're talking about things. We're talking about interacting with the created world around us. And in a lot of instances, we're talking about actually participating in that creative action uh, by entering into creation, recreating, uh, and, and yeah, kind of interacting with God in a really interesting and novel way. Um, and I think that's that's something that's kind of deeply rooted within us that that manifests itself in these different activities that we that we go looking for. Mm-hmm, right. Yeah. I think it's just, um, yeah, there's so many like things I think as, as a guy, you know, that we can get involved with, you know, and, um, I, I think with us guys, you know, we don't, how is it? We don't use words a whole lot. I know you and I, James were talking about that a little bit ago, like how we just, we give like two word answers, three word answers on a good day. And it's just, we spend time with each other. We, we don't sit there like as much. I mean, I'm sure there are some men who are probably like poets and stuff, you know, and like that, but usually like Homer, that's, or, or, you know, Virgil. Yeah, I love it. And um, so it's just one of those things where we're always just looking for ways, I think, to spend time kind of like in a sense, spend time on our own, spend time with the Lord, spend time with another guy. Yeah. But a lot of it, I think it's quiet and it's like, like we're doing things of some some physical sort, you know. So, so what do you yeah. like to do? Like, what's what? What are your jams? What do you do? For me, actually, uh, I know it's weird, but I love to sing karaoke. And like, I yeah. haven't been to a karaoke bar in like two years. Um, my wife doesn't like to go out much, and so I don't really like, you know, I I feel awkward going out without her, you know, that sort of thing. But sure, karaoke. So I always like sing in the car or like. And I'll sing at the top of my lungs and I'll try to like master a song. So I know it's kind of weird, but. Um, no, that's awesome. I, I do a lot of the same stuff, actually. So go ahead. Really? Oh, really? No way. This is getting interesting. But well, yeah, um, there's no one else in the car. You know, no one can hear you. Like how terrible you sound if you're singing along, right? Hey, Big Brother's always listening to you through your iPhone. Okay, no. yeah, that's, there you go. There you go. NSA's always listening in. They're like, oh, <laughs> no, I. Uh, so yeah, there was like one song that I really got. I, I heard someone, I was getting gas at Fry's gas station and this big truck cruises up and there's that song. I think it's a uh, Chris Stapleton, your love. Oh, I think it's called Tennessee whiskey. Oh you know, yeah. That's a great song. Tennis. Oh my gosh. Yeah. Such a good song. And like, I just love like the, the mood that it said it's like slow and paced and just, and I just got sucked in by it. And so I like, of course I, I spent, so anytime that I would drive down to Phoenix, which is like an hour and 10 minutes away from Globe here, mm-hmm. I would always literally be singing the song the whole way over on the way back. And then there are certain songs or little snippets of songs where like the vocals might get more complex or the timing gets more complex. Yeah. So I'll literally just keep rewinding and like re-singing and re-listening to that one little section. It could be like a, a five second clip and it's kind of crazy, but yeah, I love it. And but by the time I go and sing it at karaoke, if I ever do it, my wife's like, wow, you're really good. She's like, you just like decided to sing that song. I'm like, well, sort of. But yeah, I <laughs> engineered it really bad. So it's, it's no one has to know how the sausage is made. So tell me about yours, bro. <laughs> oh, man, I do a number of things. I love, I love gardening. Um, I've been itching to, to get back and start doing some like uh, some planting in my backyard. Um I just realized recently, by the way, that I can go to my local ag extension and send in soil samples so I can start figuring out like what sorts of soil movements I need. I mean, I got like a little compost thing that I'm starting to work on and uh, I 
I don't have to do anything. It's like I jump into these things and all of a sudden a world opens up in front of me and I'm like, oh man, I got to figure out all this stuff to try to like grow some okra. Um, yeah. It's but, like it becomes a project of projects, you know? Absolutely. Like, yeah. Well, I also, I also do hand tool woodworking. So that's kind of been a big thing that I've gotten into. That's been a lot of fun, which, you know, the first thing that you learn how to do before you actually cut any wood is like how to sharpen a chisel. Um, and keep an edge on it for like woodworking sharp or uh, same sort of thing for like your bench plane or any of this other kind of stuff. It's, you know, learning, learning how like the technique to get everything pristine and sharp and accurate. And, you know, for me, that's just a ton of fun getting to that sort of level as well. Yeah, um, that's super cool. Yeah. I like what to play softball, like to, like to um, play some, play some music, play a little guitar, play a little piano sometimes I, don't know, I do all sorts of fun stuff. Sweet. I was going to ask you this on your woodworking. What's like, uh, what is one of your favorite creations that you've made? The coolest things that I've done so far has been kind of um, geared towards shaping. So um, I started following this guy named Paul Sellers, uh, who's really awesome. If anyone's ever interested in getting into like old school woodworking, he's a great resource. Uh, highly, highly recommend him. Um, but he has this book that he put together that kind of is like this intro class to getting into woodworking. And uh, early on in it, I've kind of been going through from the beginning. And, and now that we've, my wife and I just moved into a new house. So as we've kind of gotten plugged in here, I'm, I'm getting my, my shop set back up. So I haven't gotten back into it, but um, yeah, but the coolest things that I did there, it's like I made, first off, I made like a joiner's mallet, um, which allows me to go through and use that for additional chiseling that I do. Um, What's it called? A jointer's mallet. A jointer's mallet. Nice. Yeah, it looks like a yeah, it looks like you know Mjolnir, like like Thor's hammer. Uh, but you use it to to strike the end of a chisel. It's got a nice big head so that it delivers a lot of force, very specifically on your chisel. And with the big head on it, you know you don't have to be hitting just a perfect hit on the end of your chisel either. You have a little more forgiveness there. So, um, yeah, Thor's hammer. That sounds pretty manly to me. I like that. No, it's, it's awesome. It's a really cool mallet. Um, but then beyond that, um, I started making like spoons and spatulas, wooden spoons and spatulas for people for like wedding gifts and things like that. Um, mm -hmm. So that's, that's been so kind cool. of a staple of something that I've, I've made a lot of. Um, and then, and yeah, I, I guess the last things that I started doing was making like some, um, some stools, like some three-legged stools. You never want to make a four-legged stool, by the way, because they never... Because you'll never get them to sit right. I mean, you'll always, they'll always be just a little bit off. But if you have three, if you have three legs, then it's always going to just sit and it's not going to rock or anything. So, oh, that's pretty good. That's deep, man. I never would have thought about that. Someone yeah, that <laughs> yeah, that's that's the cool thing with working with this sort of stuff. It's like, um, you know, and what I love about woodworking particularly is especially uh -huh. when you have a sharp blade and you take it across uh, a piece of wood, like a piece of oak or a piece of maple or whatever. Walnut, I absolutely love walnut. It's just like butter to cut, and the really? smell, the fragrance of it, and everything. But when you got this rough piece of wood and you take that iron across it, and all of a sudden that shaving comes off, and you're opening up the grain and you're taking a look at it, and it's just got this vibrant color, and and no two pieces of wood ever looks the same. So as you're as you're going through and you're looking at this, there's like this very romantic sort of a feel that you get when you start thinking about how this tree grew and how it's, it's nothing that I created. It's something that I'm participating in. It's like, I'm revealing it as I'm getting, digging into it. And, uh, it's such a, it's such a cool way to interact with God. 
such a yeah. cool way to interact with nature. I love it. I love it. Tell me about that, brother, because, you know, I think that's I, so important, you know, to, to how is it with our spirituality and, um, you know, our hobby is like, what is it? Yeah. What are we asking God in it? Or what is what is the Lord revealing to us? Yeah. Tell me about that, brother. I, I love that. Yeah, I for me, it's really just about um, learning something new about how God loves us. And, and it's not like you're doing that actively, right? I think that there's, you know, if I'm, if I'm sitting back and like, you know, cutting my hand because I'm being silly about how I'm trying to hold something and, and work it at the same time, you know, there's, there's that. But being able to just see how a tool works when it's sharpened the way it's supposed to work, like say I got a handsaw or a, or a plane or whatever, um, there's just so many different metaphors. And I think this is like the kind of the truism of, kind of what hobbies get back to. I mean, ultimately, I think a lot of it is about better understanding how we relate to God and how it is that God relates to us. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and it's really, I mean, again, it's with woodworking particularly, you're always creating something. You're participating in that creation of what God is doing at every second in our lives and in our relationships. Um, and I think that it's just such a, it's such a, a beautiful way to be able to express more of uh, that, that, that co-creative capacity that is just knit into each one of us, knit, knit into me. Um, it's a wonderful way of expressing uh, and, and yeah, just kind of like entering into that creative activity that God has given me the opportunity to participate in, in, in a very in a very small way, uh, but yeah. no less meaningful. Yeah, and I and that's one thing that really resounds deep into me. I, I love how you said that there, Brother James, when it comes to creating something like, man, that's that's so uh, important. I think that's a big, it's like a masculine thing. You know, we like to we like to create things, you know. We like to, you know, new sports or a, a, a new type of um, skill, a new, um, a new piece of woodwork, a new song, you know, or we're always trying to challenge ourselves too. It's like, okay, now that I've mastered this particular technique, what else can I do? That's kind of like, you know, edgy and that's going to push me into something different. And we're always, yeah, we're always experimenting and, and creating something new. And, and I think that's what the Lord is doing with us, you know, in, in the, the experiences that we have in our lives, you know, going through infertility. Mm -hmm. Um, I think that, the Lord is giving us a different type of circumstance and, and, I, and it might be hard, you know, to accept, you know, for some folks, depending on where they're at in their you know, infertility journey. And, sure. um, but the Lord is giving you, um, a, a, yeah, almost just like a new sandbox, new toys, new, new ways, uh, more time uh, to try to do things with him. And um, I just find that really, really uh, I, I, as an invitation, it's, it can be a difficult time, but then it could also be a very creative time where you learn to just relax into yourself, relax in the Lord's presence. And whenever you feel relaxed um, with him, then you're then you're able to, to really play and really uh, kind of really relax into the person who you are, um, you know, as that son of God. And yeah, I, I think I find that just really special, you know, when you're talking about woodworking and, you know, you're taking that metal and you're and it's, you know, cutting into this, into something that the Lord's already created, but you're revealing it and you're helping to shape it into something yeah. very like, you know, useful or something that could bring out 
an emotion in someone else, you know, if you create a gift for them, it represents something, you know, a very, it represents not only, you know, something useful to them, but it shows that you really care about them because of that time and, and talent and effort that you put into it. Absolutely. Like a handwritten letter, you know, when you receive a handwritten letter, you're like, wow, that someone really went out of their way, but man, a hand handmade piece of woodwork, like, man, that, that, that's a good, that's a really good gift. You know, it's fun stuff. I, I really do enjoy it. And, 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 you know, to your point, I think as these are things that, um, that show us more of the nature of God when we participate in them, uh, it's fulfillment for me also comes out of not just learning a new technique that I didn't realize existed before, or I didn't realize was, was, was even a remote possibility. But then the next thing that I want to do is share that with like everybody that I talk with, right? It's like, mm-hmm. Hey, you know, you might think this stuff is completely unapproachable, but guess what? It's not. All you got to do is know how to do X, Y, or Z things. And then you can have these moments of discovery too. It's like, I just, I, I just want to like share that joy and that excitement with like everyone that I, that I, that I come into contact with. I don't know. Do you ever feel that way also? Totally, man. And, and I think that's a big part of like for me with the karaoke thing is that it's um, I, I love music. I love, you know, the mood it sets. I like some of the, you know, the lyrics and how they can be really deep and it captures a feeling captures maybe something you're going through. But to me, like the performance of the karaoke song, I can't help but think like, man, all the work that you put into like making a nice piece of like, say, you know, woodwork furniture. And like, Mm. I can't help but think of all the techniques and all that goes into it and how certain little trying to get one piece of wood to fit into another piece of wood has got to be like a headache sometimes, you know, trying to get the right. And you're sitting there sanding. And I just couldn't imagine that. How is it? The... um, the, the intricacy or the, I don't know. Yeah. Just that the sheer amount of effort you have to put into it. And I, and I find a lot of parallels with my karaoke because whenever I actually, when I was younger, I played trumpet. I loved trumpeting. I had, a, you know, a, yeah. a trumpet instructor and everything was like all about, um, you know, uh, following, following the music and the dynamics and sure, the yeah. technique. And in order to, I don't know, to, to, to and that's pretty much, I just took all that and I applied it into karaoke. And um, so by the time I'm singing it, I, you know, usually, you know, people really like it. They're like, wow, that sounds really good. Or that sounds just like the, the, whoever sang it. And cause I always try to match my voice to the, I don't know why it's just weird. It's, it's just this thing I do. That's so awesome though. That's cool. But it's fun. And, and you see yeah. people light up, you know, and they, and they're like, you see them bob their heads and they really like get into it and, They'll come and give you a high five when you're done. They're like, oh, that was awesome. I haven't heard that song in 10 years. And it was such a great song. It reminds me of, you know, high school. And it reminds me of, so it's, um, yeah, it's fun. Your hobbies, I think they do. They, uh, I don't know. They feel good to us too. You know, it makes you feel like, yeah, like this is the spice of life, man. You know, this, this is why, this is what, this is what I really enjoy, you know? So it's, yeah, life is not all about like the money and, um, all about like success and I don't know, just doing all these kind of routine type of things. It's, it's, yeah, it's taking part in creation and, and, uh, and in many ways you're creating something good in the hearts of other people that you share it with. And man, it's, it's fun. I really enjoy it. <laughs> well, that's the really neat thing. I think about music that you're, that you're hitting on there, you know, 
if I'm if I'm creating something in woodworking, my my end product is a product. It's something that you can hold, you can interact with it. It usually has some sort of a useful purpose. Uh, but music isn't useful. I mean, it isn't like it's a tool. It's not like what you create is something that you would ever take out into a field in order to help you like plow, um, you know, a bunch of clods up or something. You know, it's not like something you can take out into a forest and use to cut down a tree. Yeah. yeah, it's. I mean, it's. I think that it really does give us something that's very tied into God. In so much as, you know, the creative aspects of God were never oriented towards like a utilitarian sort of an end. It was always just like, yeah. you know, an abundance of of His goodness and His grace that just pours out into the world and 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 imbues it with with dignity and with joy and with goodness. And in a sense, I think when music is done right, it does something very similar, right? It's, it, mm-hmm. it, it lifts people's spirits and it gives them something to attach to um, that, is, that is, you know, it's just gratuitous. And it's, and it's there and it's not necessary, but it's good and joyful. And um, yeah. yeah, anyway, that's, I, I kind of think that in some ways, um, people being able to share things like music is even, even better than, you know, good woodworking. Oh man, it, it's so interesting what you were saying. You're like, uh, you know, when you could be out in the field, it doesn't seem like music. But I know that I think that there's. I always reminds me of that song of uh, "That's the Sound of the Men Working on the Chain Gang." Yeah, yeah, and yeah. I think that there was talked about how like music is. It's something that motivates you. It gets you to, you know. I always think about those dudes in the gym. That's one other one of my hobbies. Is I like to go to the gym. That's been fun. You know, do yeah. a little bit of lifting and stuff. You'll always see those those big tough dudes, and they'll have their studio earphones on, and they're just like, you see their face. Even in front of them. <laughs> yeah, like, right, right. Tearing it up, you know. And, the, and um, I do believe that you know that listening to that heavy metal song or whatever it is that you're listening to, it helps you crank out a little bit more, a few more reps out of yourself that you wouldn't have done otherwise. So yeah, it's kind of interesting how. Um, music motivates um and it like it brings out this kind of like a deeper energy in yourself that you don't normally like unlock you know and then you mm. really and you really let loose and, and i think it's the same thing too like when you're thinking i'm thinking about your woodworking um whenever you get like a vision whenever you get like an aha moment like oh this is what i'm going for or oh it's really coming together now and that's that moment where you're like I know it's, you know, 1030 at night and I should go to bed, but, oh, this is getting good. And so you'll push through, you know, like, oh, crap, it's, you know, it's midnight now. Like, oh, but look, and it, I don't know, it just reels you in and you just can't. Yeah, it does that. It does yeah, that. Yeah, like, it's, uh, that's one thing I run into, um, I think, with, with hobbies and my music. Sometimes it's like, it'll be really late, but I'm like, oh, I just got to hear this. Or I just, I really want to, you know, perfect this particular little part of the song and, yeah, it's just it's a lot of fun so and you know that's thing about all of that as well is is that it leaves you in a better place than where you started which i think you know it's so easy to get sucked into uh oh, i'm just going to go on like a youtube binge or i'm gonna you know sit here and uh really just it's so tempting today it's so convenient to waste time right. um, and and the cool thing about hobbies is it's never a waste of time. I mean, you can get too into it, right? I mean, as with almost anything, you can, you can, yeah. to the detriment of your work or the detriment of your relationships, you can focus on these things and give them some undue importance in your life. But 
But in general, being able to participate in a creative action um, that that rejuvenates you, so much more fulfilling uh, than than being plugged into something that's going to kind of uh, not help you to better understand who you are, I guess, which is what hobbies, I think, at their core really do. Yeah, I, and I love how you, that, that, man, you're bringing up some really, really good points. I love it all, man. So one thing that reminds me <laughs> is um, how uh, the, the white noise sucks us in. Like, that's one thing that, that gets a hold of me all the time is if I get on the Facebook, like I start watching these uh, AFV like videos and they're or just, oh, look what so-and-so is doing. Look what so-and-so is doing. And next yeah. thing you know, you could be two hours later and you're like, gosh, you know, there went my whole night and you right. just you know, your eyes are all bloodshot from being, you know, sitting there and then your arms are stiff. And, and I do think it is, it's like, I look back at all the time I spent watching Netflix and all the time I spent like on, you know, face fake book, as I like to call it sometimes, but like how like it's that. a misuse of my energy, a mis a misuse of my manhood, because it's like, yeah. well, I was bored or I was just trying to, you know, I might've had a moment of desolation, you know, I was feeling a little depressed about my situation in life. And so you know, I figured I'd try to, you know, watch some TikTok videos and see if there's something entertaining that might lift my spirits. But then again, it sucks all your energy away from something else that where you could have placed your energy and have gotten some good feelings from, you know, and yeah, so that's, that is a huge temptation. It's like that white noise. And it's like, it's a fake. Yeah, it's like a fake hobby, you know, yeah. I think a lot of people probably would never admit it. Like, oh, my hobby is watching Netflix, uh, you know, season eight of, you know, Walking Dead, you know, or whatever, back yeah. to back to back to back episodes. You know, I watch five a night or whatever until 2 a.m. Like, I, because, well, I wouldn't say that unless that had happened, you know. Yeah. <laughs> sure. That definitely happened to me. But it's like, after a while, I realized, like, man, I really, uh, I really wasted my time. You know, all I saw was, pretty much a rerun of the other like 20 episodes, which is, you know, the zombies and the guys are running and they're shooting the zombies. And then the zombies are going to catch up to them, catch up with them at the end of the next episode. And then you're going to get hooked to watch the. I just got tired of being manipulated. And I think for men, we're called for greatness, you know? Absolutely. And I do think that, you know, what I liked about what you had to say specifically had to do with this kind of idea of a false hobby. Uh, with respect to like YouTube, for example, or, or sitting in front of Netflix or whatever. And the fundamental position there is always one of receptivity. You're not really putting anything into it. You're expecting something to come out of it, yeah. um, which, which in a weird way is almost kind of like prayer at its best. The prayer is always focused on God in that sense. Right. So it's like, I'm, I'm, you know, if I, I can sit and try to sit with God and let God speak to me, um, you know, I'm going all Ignatius right here, but whenever that, whenever that happens, it's like, I feel good. I feel more of myself. Uh, when I find myself spending hours trying to get something out of, you know, watching YouTube videos ad nauseum, um, I don't feel more like myself. I feel less of myself. I feel, uh, you know, disintegrated. Um, but, but yeah, I, I think that, you know, the, the cure to that in a sense is really, it drain, it's draining also, right? It takes away your energy, um, yeah. which is funny because, you know, then you think that, oh man, well, for me to go do something right now that's kind of hobby related, it takes energy to go do that. Do I, I don't really have the energy to go. But the minute that you start putting yourself into something else, you start finding this amazing capacity for receptivity 
for whatever that task is in a way that I, I think that at its height, you know, brings us closer to, to God in those moments. Um, and, and what a beautiful thing to kind of remember within the context of dealing with something like infertility, for example. Um, with, with, with struggling with infertility, we kind of have to deal with this question of whether or not we can be kind of our authentic selves and what is our authentic self supposed to look like. Um, and I do think that by, by exiting ourselves enough to kind of put ourselves into something else, be it a task or a relationship or a, um, you know, anything that's gratuitous that, that, you know, shouldn't be the totality of everything that we do, but being able to have those moments, I think really does kind of give us the opportunity to recenter ourselves and to find new purpose, um, or rediscover our purpose in the context of something that's bigger than whatever my problem or my issues or my little moment is. Uh, anyway, I don't know. Can you relate to that also? Is that, is that striking a chord with you? Yeah, it makes me think of how sometimes when you do have a project in mind or a pro or like some type of hobby that you'd like to try, you've never done it before, you don't kind of know where to get started. It seems like the hardest thing is taking that very first step into yeah. doing it. Like, you know, you can have a vision of of doing some particular thing, you know, like say, you know, me with uh, going hiking, you're like, oh, I really want, would like to do you know, such and such hike, and it's going to be, you know, like a 10 miler or something, um, you know, and it's going to be a lot of uphill. And gosh, you know, when you sit there thinking it about it, you're like in your head, at least for me, I, I, I visualize like, you know, a big hill and 10 miles and just thinking about the sun beating down on me and like, oh, it's going to be so hard and my legs are going to be so sore. Oh, and you yeah. kind of all these like negative things. And or sometimes you just don't feel like you're in the mood to go and try that new hobby or that new little goal that you think would be kind of cool uh, yeah. to do or that you think would be good for you. You know, it's like sometimes it's a little voice that says, hey, maybe you should go and try to, you know, sign up for a triathlon or something or just or hey, maybe you should just get off the couch and go exercise. You know, whatever it is, it's yeah. like a little whisper usually. And a lot of times you're like, oh, I just don't feel like it. Well, anyway, well, why don't you feel like it? Well, I'm tired. You know, it was a long day. I'm stressed out or I'm a little sad right now. Or what's the point? You know, I'm not going to I'll get good at it or something for a while. Then I'll trail off. And so why try that new thing? And one thing that helps me, I at least especially in the morning. So that's when I like to go to the gym, mm -hmm. especially to get to get out there and just kind of get my day going. Um, I'll be like, yeah, I'm tired. But do but am I willing to let go of my tired feeling for a bigger reason? And I know it's kind of yeah. weird, but it's just this little kind of inner Jedi mind trick. Yeah. Where I was like, Lord, you know, I, I want to do better with my life, but I don't know how. And I just started just playing that little trick with myself and, you know, like, oh, I'm tired or I'm stressed out. But am I willing to let go of this feeling just to let go and for a big for something that's a bigger reason? So let go of a feeling to grab a bigger reason. And that's always helped me stumble my way into the gym. Literally, I was just like, okay, I got to put on my clothes and I got to tie my shoes. You know, I got to walk out the door. And it was just, I'm just going to go in there and get started. I'm just going to walk in. I'm going to turn on the treadmill. I'm just going to hit and I'm just going to start. And I think yeah. that it can be like that as we're picking up new hobbies, new things that we'd like to try that seem a bit beyond us. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. And, it, and I mean, gosh, that maps so nicely onto any kinds of conflict that you might find in your life or any sorts of adversity that you encounter or any sorts of difficulties that you encounter. Uh, mm -hmm. I think all of those are, are great little, great little things to remember in dealing with those, 
uh, those challenges that we in a very like just inevitably come come into in our lives. Yeah. 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 And, and it, I know, you know, one, one thing that, uh, that I meant to say something about is, um, yeah, with, like with the karaoke, I, whenever I remember in high school, we would play songs with the choir, the choir would be singing and I'd be, you know, trumpeting or whatever. And I'd always kind of make fun of them. You know, they'd do their little vibrato and I, and I would like kind of mimic them. <laughs> I would yeah. make Already, I was showing like these little. Now that I look back, I'm like, I was already showing signs like, oh, I like to sound like others, like I'm good at mimicking them or whatever uh-huh. the genre of music. And you know, that led to karaoke when I was hanging out with my friends in college. And then, you know, then it became like this obsession. Now I still do it, even though I don't go karaokeing much. I just like to master a song. But then actually, it found its expression through church. You know, I signed up for church and uh, choir. They say, hey, you know, we could really use some mail. You know, there was no mails up there. So I was like, oh, you know what? I'm going to be up there in the back. No one's staring at me. I'm not like, you know, down there by the altar. Where everybody's looking at sure. me. I'm like, I'll yeah. go back up there and just kind of harmonize, whatever. And next thing I know, they're like, hey, Ian, uh, you know, our main our main choir, you know, singer's not going to be there. You know, she's a female. Her name is Lorraine, sweet lady. But hey, she's not going to be there. We need you to cover. I'm like, oh, gosh. Uh, so now I have to like. And so all of that. Wow. I did in the car all of those years has finally come, you know, found a place, you know, to serve the Lord. So wow. I just, That's that awesome. kind of, kind of crazy. I never thought I would ever be singing in a church choir or, you know, never saw it coming. And then, and here I am, you know, I've just been, I've been, I've been doing this for about a year now thereabouts and it's That's been awesome. a huge blessing and I really love it. I always feel like close to the Lord cause we're up there in the loft and I'm always I try to look up as I'm singing, like, especially during different parts of the mass, you know, you know, uh, you know, Jesus, Lamb of God, you take away the sins of the world, have mercy on us. And it's just, it's so special to be there and um, to, to know like, wow, Lord, like over all these years, while we dealt with infertility and while I just did this hobby and I never, never saw any value in it, never, you know, it was just for me, I didn't realize that the Lord was, allowing me to unwrap myself, you know, in, in that sense, like the, the more I practiced, the more I liked it. And the more I realized like, wow, Lord, you created me in this special way. And yes, now I see, Lord, you know, you want me to share that with others and it lifts their spirits. You know, we'll hear all these, you know, these kind of like, I call them nanas and tatas, you know, at the end of mass, they'll be like, oh, that was beautiful music, great singing. It's so great to have, you know, a male up there. And I'm like, wow, thank you, Lord. Um, you know, all the glory to you. Um, but yeah, it's just, it's been really special. And the Lord writes straight with our crooked lines. So no matter what your hobby is, even if it's underwater basket weaving, the Lord's going to do something special with it. And um, just like we have so many saints with different like paths in life and how they can be the, you know, the patron saint of different, like, oh, this patron saint of scientists, the uh, patron saint of teachers, the patron saint of, you know, bankers. How is it? They were just, they were working with the Lord, relaxing into the person that they were and just playing, you know, Mm. playing as that child before the Lord. And they became the gift to the world that continues to give to this day. And I think that that's what we're all participating in now. You know, you might not be there, you know, and you're thinking now, but the more you walk that, that with the Lord, the more you're going to discover and appreciate yourself and you'll become a more of a gift to others. So I don't, I don't know. Just, just those are just some thoughts that, that come to mind. God is good. God is good all the time. That's right. 
Well, man, Ian, this has been a great conversation. I really appreciate you spending some time talking about hobbies and what that is, uh, how that kind of plays into being a man and how it relates to God. So thank you for your time, man. Hey, thank you, brother. Thanks for, for all that you're doing with Springs in the Desert. And uh, yeah, we send uh, big hugs out there and uh, high fives and fist bumps and handshakes and all that fun stuff to all of our brothers out there listening. We there look we forward go, to catching up with you guys sometime soon. Heck yeah, man. Well, good. Well, Ian, good talking to you. You have a good rest of your evening. And uh, to all of our listeners, we thank you for joining us. Uh, until next time, we'll talk with you later. Thank you for listening to A Man's Take, a podcast brought to you by Springs of the Desert. For additional resources, please visit our website at www.springsinthedesert.org.